Flight attendants, please prepare for takeoff. Wheeler, cycling, line A, scores! I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness. Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. As we head into the holiday season of Christmas, one of those things where you're looking at and going, is this real outside of Santa Claus? I'm not going to get into that. I don't want to ruin this for anybody, any kids out there. What do you mean ruin it? What's to ruin? Well, whether or not you believe in Santa Claus. The thing I wasn't sure I believed in was the Safeway score and win winner. I didn't know. I'm like, Safeway's throwing it out there. I'm like, this is never going to happen. And I hosted Flames games for a couple of years, and every broadcast I had to bring up the Safeway score and win promotion. And I looked at it, I'm like, this is not going to happen. Never. Ever, ever. And yes, there's been a lot of five-goal games in NHL history. A lot of them. A lot of six-goal games. But just in this era of the NHL, I just didn't think it was going to happen. So Christopher Haley, good for you. Yes, congratulations. Now, it's not a bucket full of cash coming to his front lawn. It is gift certificates, and I believe the caveat is you have to, he has to spend the money at Safeway or Sobeys. No, no, no. Okay. It's, uh, let me, wait, I'll grab my laptop and I'll pull the email up from corporate. Right. By the way, it's Safeway, Sobeys, so we're keeping our friends up in corporate happy. Right. Safeway and Sobeys. Safeways and Sobeys score to win. Score and win. Just pulling my laptop over here. This is first time this has ever happened on ground control. The winner will actually receive. This is word for word the email that I got in my inbox. The winner will act. Tyler here, by the way. Mitchell Clinton is sick. Real sick. Yeah, he's not feeling good. He's been quarantined. Poor guy. First sick day for him. If anybody from the Winnipeg Jets gets sick this week, we know who to blame. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Not particularly. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, the winner will actually receive $1.1 million. So that's the $100,000 for the four goals mm-hmm. that Patty scored, and then plus the million for that fifth goal. And then in addition to that, uh, when Patty scored the third goal, he actually got a $1,000 gift card from Safeway and Safeway Sobies, I guess. So pretty, uh, pretty good payday for Christopher Haley. Now, we're going to have him on the show. Yes, Maybe. we are. That's that's confirmed. Uh yeah. The Jets. As far as I, according to this email, which goes on quite long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that's including the Safeway and Sobe score to win email as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They asked me. What do you know? An email they from want to have on the show. What an email full of information. So if you're listening to this after the game on Tuesday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, then you can look at our archives on WinnipegJets.com. Slash Jets TV. Wonderful, wonderful road trip. Um, we are going to get into Patrick Laine's five-goal game because it's, it's really hard to avoid that. Um, it doesn't happen very often, and Christopher Haley is thankful because of it. And perfect timing, really, for the Christmas season coming up. But uh, good for him. You look at the road trip, Tyler. It was four games, and it was kind of sandwiched. It was, a, it was a strange road trip, and you said this. You and Mitch went on the trip. I got to sit back and watch from afar. With your feet up. With my feet up, yes. Uh, Mom and Dad came to town as well, so there wasn't much feet up. Oh, was how much. was that? It was good? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, you know, my dad still, he asked me about 30 times. How old is that kid? I'm like 20. He just, he can't grasp. Oh, he's talking about Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Oh, Lonnie. he's not talking about your prolific boss. No. Oh. No. He, he's like, whose camera work is that? That, that, <laughs> that is some talent in that scrum right now. But he kept asking about Patrick Lonnie. I swear he asked me three times. So every time Patrick would get a shot off, 
and uh, which was a goal every yeah, night in St. Louis. Yes, uh, that doesn't happen very often either. But he was the repetitive question was he just he could not grasp how young Patrick Laine is. And I, yeah, I get to watch that guy every day in practice. But let, let's look back at the four game road trip. They go two for two and two. But if you look a little deeper into it, and Paul Maurice brought this up in one of his post game scrums, it's just two bad periods overall. Correct. They go. I mean, they had a rough period in Calgary in the first. And then they had a rough third period in St. Paul. That's just the best way to sum it up. It yep. was they very well could have, well, let, you know, they could very well could have been three and one. Let's let's be realistic here. It was yeah. If yeah. we're being realistic, definitely three and one. But yeah. honestly, the second and the, the response in the second period in Calgary was very good. Was very good. Yeah, like, I felt like you know maybe the first shift. Yeah, no, every like every shift out of the gate was we were down in their end, and yeah. that was the end. We were Mitch and I were sitting in. It was some good action down there. We we kind of joked after the game that it was just that one end that was creating all the chaos because the Flames netted, what was it, five in the first period in that end. And then we went down there and basically dominated that second period. Yeah. And then moving into the third, a uh, bit more of an even match. But aside of judging whether or not Jacob Truba uh, interfered, tripped the goalie and whatnot, and yeah. whether that goal should have counted, Riddick. I'm yeah, I, I'm, we're not going to debate that. Mm. But if... They call that a goal, which kudos to Paul Maurice for challenging it because mm-hmm. why not? I saw some talk on Twitter about why would you even bother challenging it? Well, you have to. You have to. If if for some strange reason, or not strange, but if for some reason they call it a goal, you're only down by one. Yeah. So that's a game changer. Yeah. Like I mean, an unlikely victory if they were to come back, but I like the response from them. That third period in Minnesota was tough. Um, you can tell the guys, you know, really wanted that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, a good road trip overall. I mean, you you just don't like two periods, and I think that sort of speaks to where the NHL is at today. You have two bad periods on a four game road trip, and you come out five hundred. Sometimes on Twitter, I like to write some facts and then hold the tweet. Well, that's good. Hold the tweet off just for the end, because remember the last time Connor Hellebuck was pulled was during the playoffs yep. in game after game in game three, which the Jets lost six two in St. Paul and came back and they shut out the Minnesota Wild. So I was holding on to this tweet. I'm like, okay, he got pulled oh, in Calgary. So what you you typed it out and then held but it? I, I held it. I had it in the storage part of Twitter. So maybe this is a blame, but I didn't put shut out. I put blanked. But I thought Connor Hellebuck responded. Then, then Minnesota scored once, and I'm like, I'll change the wording again. I'm like, you know what? Still had 30-plus saves. Good response after being pulled the previous game. So we can point fingers all we want right here, but what did you see in – in St. Paul in the third period with Jets had played so well the previous 40 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I think they they admitted to, you know, the the big power play at the end of the game that mm-hmm. they had that could have changed that the course of that game and got them back um, was, was not what they wanted it to be. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the first goal against us was was a tough one because you could just see it coming. You know, I thought the D played it correctly. And then, you know, Niederreiter sort of waited Myers out long enough and, or sorry, uh, Joe Morrow rather, mm-hmm. um, waited Joe Morrow long enough. And from my vantage point in the press box, you could see the hole open up on Hellebuck and puck was in the back of the net. So that was unfortunate there. And then the Eric Stahl goal, I mean, just a, a tough bobble puck bobble by Connor Hellebuck, um, you know, it happens. It, it happens. It's not a big deal. But obviously, yeah. you know, Josh Morrissey hits two posts in that game. That sucks. You know, like yes. I, I could feel the guy's frustration after that one. Like, 
it was right there for the taking, you know, especially after, you know, having that tough first period in Calgary and then, you know, coming back and what looked like it was going to be a convincing Jets win, like just a solid victory. And, you know, just taken away from you like that. But, you know, um, Leeds haven't been safe in the National Hockey League. League No. I league saw, wide. I, well, I think we like lost one game in regulation when leading after the third period and one game in overtime or shootout rather right. after leading in the third last mm. season. And we've already sort of eclipsed those loss marks, which, you know, whatever, it's just stat. But like, yeah, I, leads are not safe in the third period anymore all across the NHL. Yeah. That's just, that's just the way it is right now. And five goal games apparently are, are the new norm. And you, and you close out the road trip uh, in St. Louis, uh, second game of back to back. Uh, Laurent Brassois goes. Lauren Brassois goes in. Uh, that was pretty much the thought heading into this road trip. Before yeah. this road trip even started, I figured Lauren Brassois was going to start the game in St. Louis because it was a back to back. Yeah, but that's not. We're that's neither here nor there. The thing, the 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 thing that stands out is what Patrick Laine did. Five goals on five shots. When the second one went in, it was pretty much that the thought when you and Mitch were sitting there and maybe the rumbling in the press box that he was going to score a lot more. Did you have that sense watching it live? Yeah, I mean, you look at the first goal was was quite something. Yeah. I mean, like Kyle Connor's puck pursuit uh, around the defenseman, you know, just such a direct line to the puck, and the D-man doesn't even have a chance. Mm-hmm. And then Brian Little puts himself in a great spot down low. And, you know, for your average hockey player, Patrick Laine's spot is, is not a good one. Mm-hmm. Like, really high slot, kind of a guy sort of in his kitchen a little bit. Yeah. But leave it to Patrick Laine to... Absolutely zip a shot in past Chad Johnson. And that was, to me, I think that was probably the most impressive one out of them all. Yeah. Kyle Connor's saucer pass to Patrick Laine. Oh, for the third one? Filthy. Oh, so dirty. Yeah. But the crazy thing about that one, too, is that line of Kyle Connor, Patrick Laine, and Brian Little were hemmed down in their own zone for the majority of that shift. Yeah. And then all it took was one mistake by St. Louis. Uh, and then the other way they went. And it was the three-on-one, and you're like, the way this night's going. I mean, not at that point, actually, but, you know, w- the way it turned out, you're like, well, this is the back of the net. And a bunch of us in the press box didn't even know that that puck had gone in. Because mm-hmm. it was it just in and, in and out, out so and... fast. Yeah. So, you know, it, very impressive stuff from Patrick Lenny. Five goals, five shots. I actually, sorry, I actually said in the press box after he scored his third goal, yeah. I was like, Oh, geez. Well, it's too bad. It's a you know a non locally broadcasted game here because yeah. that score and win thing. Well, that was a common misconception everywhere. Yeah, and I they, did game on Sportsnet, and we had they, at the time when I worked for them. So they still do it online and whatnot. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I so good again. Looping back to Christopher Haley, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Patrick Laine, unbelievable. Eleven goals last week. If he's not named the first star of the month, and this should come up. A little bit after we finished recording this, but he, the first star of the month, first star of this week or this past week, the NHL's got issues. Wow, they can pick whoever they want. Yeah, well, they are the National Hockey League. Yes, and Gary Bettman's our best friend, friend of the show, friend of the show. Never had him on. <laughs> no, we've talked about him. I walked uh, by him once. <laughs> there, with Patrick Line, there, there's a couple of things. He was very frustrated. I think a lot of people were frustrated. He couldn't score five on five. Now, eight of his 11 goals last week were five on five. So he can get rid of that. Yeah. He leads the National Hockey League in goals as of this moment. It's just an, an incredible, incredible week to score 11 goals in four games. Yeah, it was madness. Was it, you remember last year, that stretch where they went on the road in New York? Or, and it was United States, it was New York, uh, New Jersey. Uh, I believe Montreal and Toronto were included in that trip. Yep. And it was, oh, no, not Montreal, no, Toronto. Sorry. 
But yeah, I yeah. wasn't on that road trip, but I yeah. remember watching. I remember I was watching. That's it. the tear it reminds me of from oh. last year. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching. I think the game against Carolina. I was at Bell MTS Iceplex watching mm-hmm. my sister play hockey, and I was watching the game on my phone, streaming it with a very strong Wi-Fi that they feature there. Mm-hmm. And good plug. <laughs> and uh, get your Wi-Fi today. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I remember watching that, and it was like the man could not be stopped. And you know, to steal Mitch Clinton's headline from his uh, the first game where Patrick got a hat trick in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helsinki, little home cooking. Mm-hmm. That's what it took, I guess. You wonder now, looking back at this, of how much that trip to Helsinki was on his mind because he seems like a free man right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to ever take a deep dive into the psyche yeah. of Patrick Laine because yeah. could be there a long time. Mm-hmm. He's an awesome guy. Yes, and like the one thing that really struck me about the five goal. Um, game the other night was just the humility that came after mm-hmm. you know I was as as a guy who is behind the camera shooting those post-game interviews I was just I, I was soaking in every moment mm. because you're like this is not happening very often in today's NHL so like take it in this, I was there the night that Patrick scored five and so I was so excited just to hear what he had to say after and he you know I, I was expecting you know a, a really good soundbite and 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 the, and they were but just the, the the amount of humility, like you know, it's it's hard to score, and saying he wanted to score more, and you know, it's just it it was awesome, and I and it couldn't happen to a better guy, and yeah, it's it's fantastic. Here's the thing, with the way the, the players like Alex Ovechkin, Patrick Laine, you would think the five goal game would be often, it would happen often. That was just the third five goal game this decade. So Marion Gabrick uh, had one in 2007. And Johan Franz of the Detroit Red Wings was February 2011. So it's there's four years between those ones and then seven since the last one with for courtesy of Johan Franz and just a, a special week for, for Patrick Laine. And Willie Lindstrom and Alexei Zhamnov are the other members of the Winnipeg Jets, of course, 1.0, to score five goals in a game. Yep. Uh, Willie Lindstrom was March 2nd, 1982. Alexei Zhamnov was April 1st, 1999. Mm-hmm. Sorry, a little 95. I was actually... The Winnipeg Jets had departed by then, but uh, 95, my chicken scratch had deceived uh, me there. Jamie Thomas, chicken scratch. Nobody can read this stuff no. except me. I can't even read my own handwriting. So let's go a little bit into this line. Now, Brian Little and Patrick Laine have played together over a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. Last year, on up until the trade deadline when Paul Stastny came here, uh, start of this year. It just, there was the rumblings about the chemistry between, there wasn't the right chemistry with Brian Little. Maybe the mix, missing ingredient in this is, is Kyle Connor. Now, Kyle Connor and Brian Little both had four assists uh, in the game against St. Louis. Yes. But what have you, what have you liked about this trio? I know Paul Maurice kind of put it together and Patrick Lani has played on all four lines this year, yeah. even though the fourth unit was uh, for a small period of time in Toronto. But what have you liked from the line A? Little Connor combination. Yeah, I think it's just their relentlessness, if that's even a word, I don't know. Doesn't matter, it's um, hockey. Okay. Say whatever you want. Okay. Yeah, just they're they're very relentless on the puck in the in the ozone. Um they're able to, you know, lag pucks down deep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh Kyle Connor's so direct on pucks. I feel like Brian Little sort of opens everything up and then the opposing teams, you know, in some way they, they almost have to give Patrick that sort of respect just and be on him all the time. So then that maybe opens up room for the other guys. But those are two guys that you don't want to give room. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a lot to handle for other teams right now. And, you know, they're good in their own zone as well. 
Yeah. I feel like Patrick's done a great job on the walls lately. He, you know, that's something he's had to work on. Something he's had to work on in his career. And I think he's, he's showing strides in that, in that area. But that line just overall is, I'd say it's one of the most dominant lines in the NHL. And, and then couple that with the Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Euler's line, Owen Waite, Adam Lowry, Brandon Tanev, and, uh, Andrew Kopp, who is at this podcast time, hasn't played, uh, uh, didn't play in that game on Saturday due to concussion. I didn't like that hit. No, eh. I didn't like it. it. Yeah, eh. that came in St. Paul. I didn't like that. It was a tough one. Into anyway, sort of anytime it's near the branch, you don't have to. There's there was a follow through there. I didn't yeah. like. Yeah, but um, yeah, and then not to mention our fourth line too: Patan uh, slash Lemieux, Pro Roslovic. Those four kind of rotating there. Good, good. Starting twelve, good for Brendan Lemieux to score his second goal in the National Hockey League first this year. But yes. I think the leading up to that goal, Nick Patan uh, and Jack Roslovic had done all the heavy work, and that goal could have very well been Jack Roslovic's. Just as Brendan Lemieux was going to the net. There's the puck. Tap tap tap, Aru. Yeah, go yeah. to your home. <laughs> yes, just go to your home. <laughs> you like that reference? <laughs> you know what? Anytime you can bring Happy Gilmore into anything, it's a good day. Um, coming up on on ground control, I had the uh, fortunate. You know, 15 or 20 minutes to sit down with Manitoba Moosehead coach Pascal Vincent. Uh, we're going to get a little bit more into him, but uh, had the opportunity to ask him about Christian Veselainen. Um, players that come down, get get set down into um, the American Hockey League. So for the moment, your National Hockey League dreams uh, are, you know, put on a pause for a little bit. So very interesting stuff from Pascal Vincent about dealing with the psyche of a player after they were sent down to the American Hockey League. Very interesting stuff uh, about Tucker Pullman. Good stuff on Christian Veselainen. Uh, and, and about players that maybe the importance of a player, veteran-wise, in the American Hockey League, that maybe doesn't have that chance to play in the National Hockey League again. Those guys are the, the glue in the dressing room for the Manitoba Moose. And on top of that, of course, Pascal Vincent won the American Hockey League Coach of the Year. I asked him where his award is, trophy, plaque, um, where it is, he'll let us know about that. But uh, this is Ground Control. We'll be right back. 50-50 tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca slash 5050 in support of the True North Youth Foundation. This is Adam Lowry. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Special guest this week on Ground Control is the head coach of the Manitoba Moose, Pascal Vincent. Pascal, uh, how are things going so far? Well, things are going pretty well. Uh, We um, started the season with um, a lot of new players, and we're we're, we're progressing, we're improving, we're we're running our routes uh, faster, we're getting to know each other. I'm having a real good sense of what people can be good at, and that's that's our one of our main thing that we do here is find out what we're good at, and then we're we're in the process of making a team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had envisioned about 20 games in the season. We would have a clear vision of what we're all about, and we're getting there. How much of a challenge was it to not have an exhibition game at all? Well, we always did. Uh, this year was a problem because um, um, for different reasons. Um, we had to travel eight hours uh, to go play a game and play actually two games mm-hmm. and then travel back eight hours. Um, so you're, you're pretty much losing two days of training camp mm-hmm. for traveling, and we don't want to do that. But looking back, um, 
I, I think we should have done it um, because I feel with the number of new players that we had, uh, it would have been a good asset. So that's one thing we. Uh, um, um, that's one thing we I should have done better uh, early in the season is um, making sure we play those two games. Um, I felt that um, uh, we were going to keep a lot of our players with the Jets mm-hmm. uh, because of the number of exhibition games they've played. So yeah. those guys would have played games. Um, but uh, for the Moose as a group, uh, playing one or two exhibition games would have helped for the beginning of the season. With an organization that is so deep right now pretty much through all positions where do you come in on that aspect trying to keep players uh keep players positive when they realize it's a little bit harder than it was the previous year to get to the nhl it it is a challenge it is a challenge because uh, when you speak to your your players uh it's going to come up in some discussions well um, this guy plays in the NHL and I played against him in junior and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a way better player than him but he's in the NHL and I'm here in the American League so it, it comes up and, and the honest answer is you're right mm-hmm. uh, but you're part of a very special organization here and your job is to, to steal somebody else's job mm-hmm. and uh, be part of this organization so you want to be uh, Yes, all of our players want to make it to the NHL. I mean, except uh, there's a there's a few veterans where they they know that's their career, and, mm. and, and it's great too. Um, but for the younger players, it, it's a bigger challenge, and it comes up in discussions, and, and that's something we need to talk about um, with our our guys. And it's and it's okay, uh, and that comes with the success of our team. And I'm talking about the Jets. We have a young performing team so your job is is to beat one of those guys um and, and it, it it's a work that has to be done every day our, our relationship between the moose and the jets is constant we talk pretty much every second day or so if not we'll be talking to craig eisinger and he'll be talking to chevy or paul mm-hmm. so they know everything about our players so if somebody does it right and, and keeps improving he'll have his chance at some point how with the attitude, sorry, attitude, or, or certain players and individual players, you must know when the news is told to them they're coming, they're going down to the American Hockey League. What you're dealing with nine times out of ten, right? When when a player gets sent down, you must know what's coming. Yes, is, is that a fair assessment? Well, yes, yes and no. Okay. Uh, yes, we know what what we know is it's not a good day for that person. Okay. What we don't know is how long he's going to carry that feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really different from player to player. Some guys takes a month. Uh, some guys, they don't recover from it mm-hmm. uh, at all. And they, they keep playing, but they're not playing up to their potential because they're... And you see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we talk about it all the time. And even the players would acknowledge, mm-hmm. I know, but my, I, I want... I, mm-hmm. I should be with the Jets. I... I, I I can help the Jets, and, and, and it's okay. We, we're all different, so, and our job is to help them realize first what the problem is and then find solutions. And uh, and some players, um, 48 hours, and let's go. We're mm-hmm. good to go. And, and, uh, and thinking about uh, uh, Tucker Pullman. Right. Uh, he came down, he said, give me 24 hours, and I'll be good to go. And he was good to go after, after a day. So they're all different. When a player comes over to North America... And I'm speaking of Christian Veselainen, and I shouldn't just individually single him out. When a player like him who has a good shot, do you see it where they don't want to use that shot too much and they'll 
they'll prefer to pass a little bit more when they change the changing from the North American, the European to North American game. Um, or did Christian shoot enough for your like? Did, did he shoot when the opportunities present? You know what I'm kind of getting yes. at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, his playing style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? For those guys, I, and I've experienced it at the junior level a long time ago, but right. still, um, it's the same same thing as it was back then. Um, the adjustment, the time and space that you have. And I'm not talking about the, the ice surface because they play, most of them play on a bigger ice surface, mm-hmm. but it's the style of play. And they don't have or they don't realize that there's no more, no more time, there's no more space, and you have to release it quicker. You have to make your decision before you get the puck. You need to know what's coming before you get the puck, what's your next move, and the great players in this game. That's, and, and it looks that way. You're, you're not sure how they do it uh, when you watch them, but it's just awareness and experience, I guess. But for a guy like Vess, um, he knows how to play the game. He has a great shot. He can pass the puck. He's, he has a major league shot. Um, mm-hmm. um, now he needs to work on his accuracy, but um, he, he has a very good shot. So he would be more of a, um, a shooter than a passer, I would say, if we want to use those two examples. But um, it's the time that he has to release that shot that he. I don't think he realized that how quick players come at you here. When you send the message to, or not send the message, but try and get across to a new player in the organization, the, the Moose, the Jets way, how long does that usually take for it to sink in? Is that a training camp? Is that 20 games to get used to the system and what your expectations are, where they're supposed to be, their routes, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, well, you know, again, it's uh, <clears throat> so individual mm-hmm. um, because we have a guy that just came into the organization, Logan Shaw, and... Um, you know, a few mistakes here and there in his routes, but it seems like he has played for the Jets organization or the Moose his whole life. Uh, very quick to understand what needs to be done. And some other guys that we've had for a year, um, they still, um, they're still learning mm-hmm. uh, what it takes. And so it's it's a matter of, um, it's a matter of, you, they know their routes. They've been told every day. We've seen video uh, clips pretty much on, on a daily basis, before games, after games, practice days. Um, that's our greatest tool. Um, but it's it's to know it and to execute it is, is the other thing. And sometimes they do execute it, mm. uh, but it's just too slow. Um, right. So that's the problem. They know their routes. It's just a little bit too slow. Now, with those guys, we're working on speed. But... Um, we play a different style of hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been developing that style of game for quite a few years now since Paul has arrived, and, and uh, it certainly takes some time. Um, the great uh, hockey minds will get it a little bit faster, mm-hmm. and the other guy, they get it as well, but it's just a matter of executing it as fast as the other guys. Like repetition, repetition, Absolutely. and it sinks yeah. in. Yeah. You, you mentioned Paul, and you mentioned relationship between the Moose coaching staff and the Jets and management. How special is that relationship? And I know we've talked about this before at, yeah. at fan forums, but just reiterate. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can really explain it mm. in, in other words than, than it's it's very special. Um, from top to bottom, it starts with Mr. Chipman and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, the managers, uh, Kevin Chevel Dayhoff and Craig Eisinger. But as far as coaching, Paul and I really, when he first, so going back in time, when he first got here, um, I didn't know him at all. Mm-hmm. I knew of him, obviously. Uh, he didn't know me. 
and uh, and we sometimes you connect with people and and we connected at many uh, different levels uh, but the hockey side of it the way he would see the game the way he would explain the game I understood uh, what he was saying and and uh, we connected in that regard and and for us to stay in contact and helping each other um, the best we can because um, he's uh, I'm in all honesty, he's probably helping me way more than I'm helping him. Uh, he's a, he's an amazing hockey mind. He's an amazing person. He's uh, to me, he's one of the best, if not the best, coach in hockey uh, right now. And and uh, so to be able to work with him and and uh, Paul is as time. He's he's a humble person and, and he studies the game like nobody else. Um, for us to have access to those guys and and for us to have a voice and, and give our feedback on what we see. Like last year when the playoffs against Vegas started, the moves we were out, uh, joined the coaching staff, it just felt like I've never left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt that way. So it's uh, it's an amazing. And I don't know if there's any other um, organizations that run their business like we do. It's, it's, it's quite amazing. Is it trust? Is it a trust thing? Do you think the way they were? Well, I'm sure there is. Yeah. Like, Paul knows me, and uh, and those guys, and Charlie have been with him since day one uh, of the Jets, and so there's certainly a trust factor. They know, uh, they know about me. I know about them, and, mm-hmm. and we know, we all know we're there for bi- a bigger purpose than our personal um, success, and, and that goes a long way. Are you amazed sometimes how quickly the organization has grown in terms of depth? And how deep it is for sure. Everywhere, I, I mean, we. Uh, it seemed like overnight in some yeah, ways. I know it wasn't. It's a longer process than well, that. Well, it's yeah. we've had long nights, uh, you know, at scratching our heads and thinking, what, how, how are we going to make this big machine move faster? Um, but we're still. Uh, when you you look at the big picture, is it's still a young organization mm-hmm. and. Uh, and, and what we've achieved in eight years, not even eight years, is, is quite amazing. It's And it starts with uh, the top of the chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chevy had a plan in mind and, and um, such a smart man. He, he had a great vision uh, of what we need to do as an organization. And we all embraced it. And, uh, and then we're all pushing the same way. So when you have a team... Uh, group of players or a group of coaches or uh, managements and coaches and players pushing in the same direction you're just going faster yeah you mentioned a little bit earlier about the veteran players teams are built on their prospects certainly yeah but how integral are those guys that know they're the nhl is probably not going to happen in your dressing room where they know that that's the as far as it's going to go i don't know if <clears throat> you know what we we, we never I'm not here to tell a player that it's not going to happen or it's going to happen. There's also one part that they need to understand is the business part of it. Yeah. In the sense that there's a dollars and cents to mm-hmm. behind the decisions. And at some point, there's a salary cap. And, mm-hmm. and you, you have to have a, a rotation of, of players in order to stay under the cap. Mm-hmm. So, so our players, whether 
Now, they're, 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 they see it as there's no way I'm going to make it at some point. Well, things change. Um, one trade at uh, the trade deadline because you have a chance to make it changes the whole dynamic for right. the following year. And you might have a chance the following year. So you never know. So it's uh, that's something we don't really talk about. Yeah, and I, 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 I don't mean to sound like you told that or that person right. that I think the dream is over or anything like yeah. that. I'm just curious how like that veteran presence or whatever, how helpful they are, I guess, in some ways. Yeah, oh, I, I didn't mean to be negative at all. Pascal. No, no, I know. Yeah, yeah. With our players yeah. and the veteran players. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, being part of this organization is also, we reinforce our veterans. Um, uh, we reinforce them in a different way. There's a different way to be successful uh, or there's different ways to be successful. And for them, uh, to help our younger players to make it or to give themselves a chance to make it or to turn pro. And turning pro is not only on the ice, but it's also off the ice, the way you train, the way you think, the way you show up on, on game days, on practice days. Um, for them to help our young players uh, succeeding, we reinforce that quite a bit and we'll keep them around just for that reason because mm-hmm. it's a, our young prospects are what we that's our foundation of our team and so having people around them like Stojkovic and, and Ryan White and we had Patrice Cormier last year yeah. we kept Darren Kramer just for that specific reason he, yeah. he didn't play a whole lot but his attitude around the team was um, enormous to our team what it meant you can't put numbers next to it It's just, as far as stats it's just his presence makes a difference in, in how we want to do things. Same thing with you as it is for a player in the American Hockey League. The opportunity one day might be there for the National Hockey League. How much do you think about that? And, and, and when you do hear your name come up, I don't know if you have, but when openings come out in the National Hockey League, your name pops up every once yeah. in a while. What does that feel like? And what does that mean to you? Well, it's it's certainly, I mean, the National Hockey League is, is I've been there for five years and it's it's a great privilege to be part of the best league in in, uh, in the best league in the world mm-hmm. um, you know I'd say that people talk to me more than I I, I think about it mm-hmm. um, obviously um, at the end of the day my ultimate goal is to win the Stanley Cup right. and uh, and I guess my dream would be to win the Stanley Cup with the Jets mm-hmm. uh, as a moose coach, right? Um, but being part of the organization, um, but um, I I know at some point um, the phone will ring and mm-hmm. I'll have to make some decisions and, and I'll think more about it uh, when it happens. But at this point, um, trying to stay focused on on what I have to do today. Right. Um, but when when something happens and people talk to me about it, obviously um, something that uh, you know it crosses my mind. The American Hockey League Coach of the Year Award last year. Where is it in your house? You have it hung up someplace, or you just moved? So well, yeah. <laughs> I have no clue, <laughs> and that's a very good question. Um, and we just had the house painted, so right. there's boxes everywhere. Yeah. No clue. <laughs> Pascal, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Shop where the players shop. Jets Gear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets Gear locations or shop online at TrueNorthShop.com.
Now, welcome back to Ground Control, uh, the final salvo here. I'd just like to point out how good this podcast is without Mitchell Clinton. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that big carcass of a guy just drags <laughs> us down sometimes. You know? Carcass. <laughs> he is a carcass right now. And he's probably ringing his bell yeah. for his like wife to, hey, can you bring me some soup? Jet, Jet, can you bring me some soup? His, his dog's name is Jet. Real original. He really dug deep in the name <laughs> file for that one. That's almost, you know, you can almost go with dog. That's a <laughs> <laughs> dog. I was watching um, that zombie show. Uh, oh, Walking Dead. Dead yes. Yeah. And Daryl call, yes. calls his dog, dog. Daryl calls his dog, dog. That's where it came That's with that pretty, one. If you like the show. Anyway. Friend, yeah, great show. It's, it's coming Rick. back. It's coming back. Yeah. Rest in peace, Rick. Yeah. Or not. Poor Rick. I don't know. We're not quite sure if he's alive or dead. Yeah. Um, just a quick, you you worked uh, a lot with the Manitoba Moose last year, actually exclusively with the Manitoba two Moose. Uh, two years ago. Gosh, time goes by. Anyways, two years ago. Um, just a quick thought on Pascal Benson. And I, I've only come across him a few times. He was at the rookie tournament in Penticton. Uh, I cannot say enough great things about him because he's he calls us pigeons, first off. Or is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, he calls us pigeons and... You know. He came in here for the podcast and goes, Pigeons! <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, Pascal Vincent, uh, is my dealings with him, uh, always always a great guy to work with. And, you know, being behind the camera and, and basically listening to every single thing that man said publicly for a, a whole season, you know, the message sort of never wavers. You know, it's about developing players for the Winnipeg Jets down there. And he's the right guy to do it. Obviously, he used to be on the on the bench here with the Jets. And, you know, he's a guy that, that sort of gets what the organization wants to do and, uh Clearly, winning coach of the year last year is a feather in his cap, even though he doesn't know where the trophy is. But, um, yeah, great guy. Nothing bad to say about that one. He yeah. Was awesome. Yeah, he was, he was he a, is great. a great conversationalist, too. Uh, he, he was having problems coughing, so he got uh, Daniel Fink to get him a bottle of water. Um, Shout out to Daniel Fink for yeah. stepping in for Mitch Peacock. Yes. Yeah, Finkster got uh, first game. He didn't get to call a goal. <laughs> that the moose were shut out. That was yeah. not good. He was all excited about the getting back behind the mic again. No goals to to call for <laughs> on the Manitoba Moose side of things, but the Moose made up for that. Um, so yeah, great great stuff from Daniel Fink in the play by play version. We all, uh, if anyone's ever done it, anyone ever criticizes the job of a play by play announcer, should never do it unless you do it yourself for a living because that is not an easy job. Period. I did color once for a Melville Millionaires game yeah. of the SJHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's as far as I was going into that. I got called into I got called in from the bullpen when I was covering the Lethbridge Hurricanes. We're in Spokane. Brad Curl, the play-by-play voice of the Hurricanes at the time, now the guy that does it for the Calgary Hitman of the Western Hockey League. He had uh, voice issues, so I had to do play-by-play. I use yep. I use the same word a lot. <laughs> yeah, I use the word chase a lot. Chase. Yeah, Chase-y it's not. It is not an easy puck. job, so I do not like it. Uh, when people criticize play-by-play announcers because it's one of the hardest jobs to do in this business. Um, you saw a movie over the weekend. Yeah, uh, about a week ago, I went and saw that new Bohemian Rhapsody movie. So you have two thumbs up? Oh, if I had like ten thumbs, I'd put them all up. Mm-hmm. Uh, producer Young Moss, uh, he also went and saw the movie. He agrees. It's an amazing film. Go watch it. If anyone sits in the press box, which you don't because you're not a member of the media, but uh, Young Moss likes to uh, get into the music. I'm constantly <laughs> seeing the guy playing his imaginary drums, <laughs> singing to the beat. There is there is nobody more active during music during chess games in Young Moss. <laughs> if you're at a Jets game, take a peek. Look up in the press box with your binoculars, and you will see Young Moss doing this. And I can't even show it to you because he's got the old drum beats going on. <laughs> but uh, I saw Wreck-It Ralph 2. 
Ooh, nice. Yeah, see, I don't get to see adult movies anymore. I have to go see uh, <laughs> kids' movies. If <laughs> The best thing about Wreck-It Ralph, it's a video game world. And if you're from my generation, which is the Pac-Man, Cubert uh, generation, uh, there's lots of little inside jokes there that you'll appreciate. So if you're not a parent yet or you're about to be a parent, I highly recommend the Wreck-It Ralph movies. So uh, that was what about I... About to be a parent. About to be a parent. If you're about... If you're on the precipice <laughs> you of may having absolutely... a child, yeah. start go seeing Just stop watch, yeah, stop watching adult shows right now because you're not going to see them ever again until they're asleep. And that's just not often enough to uh, catch up because you're going to be so exhausted. Congratulations if you're about to be a parent, by the way. Yeah. Um, Tyler, great stuff. Yeah, this has been good. Um, I'm At sure... least I, and, pff, I hope they enjoyed it. I'm going to throw it out there. Patrick Lyon is going to be named first star of the week. I would hope. And if I'm wrong, what are you going to do? I'll pay you $1 million. Okay. Okay. You heard it here first on the Ground Control <laughs> Podcast, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Mitch, I hope you're okay. Last thing before we sign off, uh, time now for your chance to win 50 Jets reward points. All you got to do, pull out your laptop, log into jetsrewards.ca, and type in the word... Wheeler, Wheeler, and you win yourself 50 Jets reward points. I like you said, you got to pull out your laptop. <laughs> what? So ancient. Will you remember? How <laughs> about your said, phone? I bring over your fo- your laptop. You had to bring over your laptop earlier, so I thought I'd stay within the theme oh, of the yeah. context of the program. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, Tyler Escobar's always got to get a dig in before we sign <laughs> off here on Ground Control. So on that note, we're out of here. Talk to you guys next week. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.